guys, this is Kara and Nick. And we are here today with a really special guest, Holly. She is beautiful. And we met Holly at one of our panels that we were able to speak in. And um, I'm just really excited for her to share her story with you. Um, let's get right into it. So my name is Holly and I am a biological mother. So I placed two girls for adoption. Um, I was born in St. George, but I was raised in Las Vegas. Um, and I had you know, my first son when he was, when I was 18. So I was, I was really young. Baby. Yeah, a baby. Babies having babies. Yep. And I, and I always kind of felt like, well, I never got to do that partying phase. I mm -hmm. never got to do that you know, have fun. I was always just taking care of kids. And so I always kind of felt like that. Um, and so, you know, growing up, I grew up, you know, in a very strict religious home, um, LDS home. And, you know, so it was like, follow the rules, go to church, do what you're supposed to. You know, if you, you can't do this, you can't watch, you know, even like, I just remember like the Simpsons. I don't know why like that comes up in my mind, but it's like, you can't even, you can't even do that. You weren't allowed to read it. <laughs> you know, when it came on and back then it was like the worst show on, yeah. right? So funny. So weird I just, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> So I just kind of was like, you know, used to just always trying to follow the rules and everything. So when I was in high school, um, actually the first time I was introduced to drugs, I was 12. Oh, wow. um, so I was really young. And of course it was one of those like curiosity, you know, yeah. what, what is this? Um, and you know, what is this about? And I know my parents don't want to do it. So I, I kind of want to try it because mm -hmm. I know it's against the rules. Um, and it, it, it kind of just started out with like, you know, just smoking pot and stuff. Um, and then it went to, you know, crystal meth. That was my drug of wow. choice. Um, so when I had my son, when I was 18, I pretty much, you know, stopped using so that I could, um, you know, take care of him and, you know, do what I was supposed to do. Be the good mom. The father wasn't around. Um, he was really abusive. Yep. So he was in he was in jail for some for some stuff that he did, and so I was raising him alone. Um, and right before he went into jail, I actually got pregnant with my second son. Um, and that's kind of like when I started to really fall off the bandwagon. Um, was when I had my second son, and it was just really you know hard hard to keep a job you know, hard to do everything that I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, so young. Yes. And with no help. Yeah. And still, you know, at the same time, like, well, I'm young, but I'm not out having fun like, you know, my friends are. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I kind of, I, I really started to use um, then. And I was heavy into drug use and couldn't stay awake at work. Um, and wasn't taking care of the kids um, and my sister lived in Las Vegas and so did my parents and you know my mom used to watch my kids while I worked and then you know once I lost my job because of the drug use because I just couldn't take care of things um, then you know somebody called 
Child Protective Services and told them, you know, that I was using. Um, And so, of course, I was angry, (laughs) mad. Who would do this to me? You know, I just thought, you know what, I'm the perfect parent. You can't take away my kids. My house is clean. You know, I'm still able to keep things clean. And you loved your children. And I loved my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I really did. And, but it was just that drug that just took over mm-hmm. my decisions. Yep. Um, so we, DCFS was called, well, Child Protective Services there was called, and they would come and do inspections at home. And they're like, okay, you just need to keep your job. You know, show that you're, you're doing good, do drug testing and stuff like that. And so I was kind of doing some drug court classes, drug mm-hmm. classes and stuff like that. And then I just kind of started using again. Um, and they weren't really checking up on me that often. Um, I think because their caseload was so heavy in Las right, Vegas yeah. and I had a clean house and so it wasn't mm-hmm. like a real huge... red flags right right so that's that's really when I started to go downhill because I'm like well I can get away with this now you know and I and I wasn't taking care of my kids and I have some really awful memories of mm-hmm. not taking care of them and that's really hard to think about sure. um, now um, because who wants to think about those things that you yeah. did, yeah. you know, because I do love my kids. Of course. So somebody called um, Child Protective Services again and told them that I was using. Um, and I remember one time they came to my door and they were knocking on my door and I was hiding in the back room. And I was like, just don't answer the door. They won't know I'm home. You know, I just remember doing that. Yeah. Um, well, they finally got a hold of me and I, I took my kids and I took them to my sister's house because I thought as long as I can get my kids out of the house, they won't take them from right. me. Right. Um, I could say that they're living somewhere. And so my sister, since I continued to use after that, um, my sister eventually took me to court and got full custody of my kids. And that was really hard for me. Because I felt like my sister was betraying me. You know, how could she take my kids from me? Right. You know, now (laughs) I know it was the best thing. It was the best thing for her to do. And and I am really grateful to my sister, you know, for all she did for me um, by taking care of them when I couldn't. Yeah. Um, She must really love you. Yeah. um, Yeah. Because they're a lot of work, you know. (laughs) They were two, I believe, two and four. So at that time when I lost them. Um. Well, I started using drugs even more at that point because I just couldn't deal with life. You know, I couldn't deal with them being away from me. And so I just continued to down spiral. I remember not paying my bills. You know, I had my own home. I lost that, had my own car, lost that. I remember, you know, middle of summer being in there with no air conditioning, wetting down towels just to try to keep cool, you (laughs) know. Um, that's kind of like, you know, where I was at. So then I got pregnant again and I didn't really go to the doctor, didn't really take care of myself and do those things that I was supposed to do. Cause you know, I was like in denial and how can mm-hmm. this happen again? And my other kids aren't with me. And so, um, I decided, um, eventually right before I had the baby that I was going to move to St. George, you know, I'm going to get clean there. My family 
lives here a lot of my family like my grandparents my cousins they all lived here and i was born here so i i was like let's go to saint george because there's not drugs there (laughs) it's a good place to be right so i moved into the ancestor inn on the boulevard the worst the worst place um found drugs the next day you know it was just that quick um it really is just readily available wherever you want it. You take your problems with you. Yeah. You can't run from yourself, right? Yeah. And so I, um, as soon as I had the baby, you know, I was in the hospital and somebody called DCFS. So of course, memories back of, you know, when my boys had gotten taken from me, here's memories now of, you know, and this is happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I denied it. Um, and my daughter was born. I had a daughter. So I had the two boys and then my daughter and she, um, they wanted to do a drug test on her and, but she wouldn't, she wouldn't go to the bathroom in order for her, for them to do a drug test. So I'm like, okay, they're just going to like, let me go. You know, of course I'm like rationalizing in my head. Well, they got the drug test back and she came up positive. Um, so that's a really hurtful thing to me, you know, now of course that, I have this two day old baby and you know, she came up positive. Um, So they're like, it was like right around the holidays. Um, She was born on my birthday. So that's a really kind of cool thing. Um, So December 18th, right around the holiday. So they're like, well, we're gonna go to court, but it was like right around that time. And so I thought there was no way that they were gonna take her from me. Cause I'm like, I'm not using now, it's Christmas. You know, and I was like, well, I'm nursing. They're not going to take her from me. So we went to court and they took her from me right away. Um, And so that was devastating to me. Again, I was getting another child taken from me. So um, I started kind of having visits with her and I was I was entered into drug court. Um, And so I started doing, you know, all the classes and the drug court classes. And I started going to Southwest Center, which was awesome. Um, That program is really awesome, and I stayed sober since. So now I have 15 years sober. Wow. Just celebrated last December. Congratulations. Thank you. Exciting. (laughs) Never thought I'd hit 15 years, honestly. Like, you hear about people. Yeah. And you're like, no way. Like, no way. But, you know, it really, One day at a time. really can happen. Well, and it's really so cool, I think, to even meet people... Because it's very easy to get feeling like it's a hopeless thing. Yep. And it just, I have so much love and respect for anyone because it's, it's a really, so hard that so few people can do it. Yep. And so it's really a lot amazing. of, thank you, thank you. Like a lot of people can't and that's, you know, I, I went to a lot of AA and NA and everything. Um, and I would, I had a sponsor, you know, I worked my steps um, and I just, I did a lot of that. Um, so I was kind of seeing my daughter on like visits in DCFS. And then they told me that I could start, you know, taking her home for visits. Um, and so I got to kind of like see her and take her home me and the dad, one of the conditions, because he was kind of still using drugs as we were not allowed to talk or see each other because he and I did not get along and he was abusive as well. Um, and so that was one of the conditions. Um, but we were still seeing each other behind their back. Um, we were still, you know, talking. Um, it was a very toxic, addictive relationship. Um, 
And so they found out we were seeing each other. And so I, I got in trouble and I just thought, what am I going to do? You know? And then I found out I was pregnant again. Um, so I, I, of course I'm like panic mode, like, what am I going to do? I'm pregnant again, you know? And so there was some serious thinking about what I wanted to do. Um, who, who means the most in this? And, you know, to me, it was the kids, the kids mean the most. So I went to my caseworker and we talked about it, um, at DCFS and she was amazing. She really helped me. You know, at first I thought she was the worst, you know, she took my kid from me. She's expecting all of this stuff from me. What am I going to oh, do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, I hated them at first. They're the enemy. But you know, that, that turns around when you open your mind mm -hmm. and you look and you think, you know, they're trying to help the baby. They're trying yeah. to help the kids. That's the most important thing. And if well, they it takes a lot to be able to do that when you're a lot, when someone's taking, I mean, there's nothing worse. Right. And you know, I didn't see it like that, but definitely now looking at that, it, that would be so hard, oh. so hard, especially like with me who was sober, it was just a few decisions that I wasn't still yeah. making correctly. Yeah. You've made such a huge leap. Right. Mm. So I went to her and we talked and she said, you know, Holly, she said, what if, you just placed her, your first daughter, with the family that she's been with. And then you can just start over new with this baby, you know, because you're sober and, and everything like that. So I thought about it and I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to place, I'm going to place her. For, so she was with a foster family at she this was, time? Yeah. Uh-huh. So the, my first daughter was with the foster family, mm -hmm. you know, and then I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. So... She, I got to tell the family and they were really like, just so grateful. So grateful. I remember talking to them and just the relief, you know, when I hear other people's stories, I, I know how they, I know how they would have felt. Yeah. Yeah. Cause to know, to think, well, you're not going to keep that baby that you've had and to have to give them back Yeah. and the fear of yeah. giving them back to a family that maybe is has had addiction could mm -hmm. relapse that's yeah. got to be really hard yeah. you yeah. know yeah. so she I, they put pl I placed her with them and then I also decided that I wanted um, to place the one I was pregnant with too oh with um, so what happened was I I there I thought there's no way because they already had six kids oh wow. okay yep they already had six kids so one of their biological they had two two more that were two were that siblings two more that were siblings and then mine okay and so i thought well okay they don't they probably don't want another one so i talked to an attorney and i and i asked him you know what what can i do and he said that you know i could look through some photos of some pictures of some people families and i picked a family well they wanted to talk to me and i i just i didn't i didn't I want, I wanted to meet them, but they just wanted to talk to me. Okay. And I just thought, you know, something inside of me was just not feeling right about it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, I, I want to meet them. I don't want to just talk to them. Totally. So I went and I did talk to them on the phone and you know, the attorney's like, this is their last chance to adopt. So if you don't do this, this is their last chance. And I almost no felt sure. guilted into it, wow, right? Yeah. Like it's my fault. 
if hmm. I make them upset, you know? Yeah, that's and not right. So, you know, I, I, I prayed about it. I talked to my caseworker about it. And she said, you know, what if you brought it up to the first family that has your first daughter and see what they thought? And so I approached them about it and she was like, we, we would love to, like, we would love to. And another person that I talked to was like, Holly, why would you not want your siblings together to grow up together? It's such a neat thing for them. Right. And so I thought, okay, you know, and so I had to tell that other family, no, No. and I had to be brave. Yeah. That's not fun. (laughs) That was really hard, really hard. So I decided to place them with the same family. Um, so when she was born, they got her right away. So she, in the hospital, they got her, um, you know, the, fir- the, first, the first couple of days was really hard. You know, my parents weren't really close to me because I hurt them so much with my drug abuse and addiction and everything that we didn't communicate. And I just remember calling my mom you know, I just wanted to talk to my mom and just crying, you know, like it was hard, but I knew that it was the right thing. Um, and you know, with the help of friends, with the help of my sponsor, um, I was able to get through that and talk about it and share about it. And so they're with the same family and I am so grateful that I made that choice and they're with the most amazing family ever like I could not have picked a better family I they live pretty close to me (laughs) so I kind of know them (laughs) Um, and so it's kind of fun because I run into them and some of their adoptive kids that they've adopted other than mine are older now and they know who I am (laughs) so we're friends on Facebook (laughs) so I could be kind of supportive to them and talk to them Um, and so they, I've, I've met my girls a couple of times. Like I've run into them at the store mm-hmm. and they're kind of shy when they see me and they, they play sports and, and they're, they're always introduced to me and I'm always introduced as their biological mom or Holly, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and then last year out of nowhere, um, cause now of course my oldest daughter is 15 Oh, yeah. And the other one is 14. So my oldest daughter, she's, she out of nowhere messages me on Facebook. And so I always thought in my head, like someday they might want to meet me, right? When they're 18, that's fine. I'm fine either way. I don't want to hurt them in any way. So I'll leave that to them. Mm -hmm. You know, plus the other family had kids that they'd adopted that don't have a biological parent involved. And so when I would talk to the girls or something, it, it would hurt them and the other kids would really act out and have a hard time with it. So, you know, the, the parents were like, well, we just can't have you, you know, yeah. and, and that was fine with me. I wouldn't want to do anything to hurt yeah. any of those kids. So I just, you know, when the time is right, we'll, we'll meet. And if we don't, that's fine. But yeah, <laughs> hopefully they'll want to meet There's me. There's a little piece. Yeah. Of you know? Yeah. So last year she messaged me on Facebook. And of course she was going through a hard time, was mad at her parents. (laughs) So she's, you know, like, do you know who I am? And and I said, you know, of course I do. And, and I just said, you know, does your mom know you're talking to me? You know, that was my priority was to make sure that I told the mom. So I messaged the mom and talked to her and 
she talked to you know the dad and they they talked it over and we decided that you know she wanted to meet me and so first we all went to dinner and talked about what we were going to do so we were all on the same page yeah. mm -hmm. um and it was right around mother's year mother's day not this year but last year mm -hmm. we all went out to breakfast um one of after they adopted my two and I didn't think that they wanted any more or could have any more, they actually got pregnant. She was wow. like 40, 41 and got oh pregnant. So now they have eight kids. Wow. So, That's a crew. Yeah. So they had their little boy there and then the two girls and then the mom and dad were there and we had, you know, we had breakfast and I got to meet my daughter and... How and cool. I really haven't talked to her since, and that's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, part of me yeah. is like, well, yes, I am not that cool, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's okay. Like it, it, and when when she's ready, if she wants yeah. to see me again, yeah. that will be fine. And my other one didn't want to meet me, um, wasn't quite ready, yeah. mm -hmm. and so that's okay. Um, whenever she's ready, then I'll be open for that. My husband and me, we got married. We've been married for 12 years now, if I get that wrong. <laughs> Somewhere not, around It's there. not recorded, right? <laughs> um, he, so we met, and he's, he's gotten to meet my girls. Oh, cool. um, and actually, after, let's see, I was 10. Let's see. I was three or four years sober when one of my sons came to live with me again. Oh, oh cool. from your, yep. that was living with, custody with your sister. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Eventually my, my ex-husband who was their dad got custody of them and he's started struggling again. Mm -hmm. And so they came to live with me. Oh. Um, and then my, my oldest son has kind of lived a little off and on with mm -hmm. me, come to live with me, come to live with his dad. So, yeah. Yeah. but they're all older now. Yeah. Um, and so they're doing really well. Um, right. yeah, I had my youngest son live with me since he was in fourth grade and mm. now he's 19. Oh. So, and he's getting married. So that's exciting. Congratulations. I'm really excited. She's amazing. That's so all you I'm really happy. I know, right? I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then my oldest son's doing really well. And they, I don't think that they've met the girls. They know that Who they have are. siblings. Um, maybe eventually someday they'll want to meet them and the girls will want to meet them. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, for right now, it's just kind of like up to the family and the parents, yeah. you know, how yeah. that goes. Sure. So, and you have, your family now. Yes. Yep. So I. You mentioned you're remarried. You know, you married. I, I married. Twelve years and, and more he kids. has two kids. Uh -huh. So we have four boys, and they're all about the same age. So we have a nineteen-year-old, <laughs> a nineteen-year-old, and two twenty-ones right now. Wow. <laughs> Twenty-one and twenty-two. So yeah, they're all right around the same ages. So kind Always of crazy. going through kind of the same things. I right. guess you just get to do it in bulk. <laughs> right, right. Boys, all boys. I'm like, we know no girl boys. stuff. Yeah. So do you, how many? We have four boys and one girl. Okay. So then so, you yeah, know, we know that. know how that goes. No, it's it, and they're a lot of work. Yeah. It's fun. I, I wouldn't change it, you know. Yeah. And they're all, you know, grown up now doing their own thing. And now me and my husband are like, what do we do? And yeah, <laughs> we really have no kids. You're already well, empty nesters at such a young age. I know. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want. That's right. Because you missed out on that early on. <laughs> I did, you know. So I had my first one, you know, when I was, you know, 18, 19. Yeah. And now I'm 40 and I'm just like. Well, your story it. is amazing. Thank you. 
and I don't know I don't know how I can follow that up with any sort of intriguing question or anything but to me I guess I think what stands out to me is the outcome of it all yeah it seems like the outcome has been very very positive and it could have gone somewhere so negative for for right. a number of different lives for all of your your children yourself yep. you've completely um resurrected your life and you've really pre- helped to preserve and protect for others Thank you. and it's really admirable and it's i don't know do you feel like the love never wasted love is never wasted podcast what we try to do is is raise awareness for foster care and and kind of um get other get perspectives on and tell the truth about foster care do you feel like the the system helped you um take a situation that was less than 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 great and turn it into what it turned out to be so that's actually interesting because of course like at first i really felt like they're against me they're not trying to help me all they care about is this other family Mm-hmm. All I thought all they cared about was, you know, the, the, the family that adopted the girls. I thought that's all they care about. They don't care about me. They don't care about me getting sober. They don't trust me. They think I'm a piece of garbage because I did use, you know, and because I felt like I was trying and then I did the one thing about seeing my ex still. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. like, well, you know, you can't do that. And, and, you know, and so I did feel like that at first. You know, just like somebody calling DCFS on me, you know, I'm like, it's painful, it's painful, it hurts, it's, ang- I was so angry, yeah. you know, but you know, that was my choice and my actions led to that. And, you know, now I look back on it and I am so grateful to the person that called CPS, DCFS, um, because I needed that. Like I really felt like that was my rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I needed that in order to get sober, stay sober. I needed something to happen. Yeah. Um, and I and I do look back on it now, and I'm like, you know, they were trying to help me. You know, they saw that that relationship was bad because it was it was toxic. You know, they saw that I needed those classes and all of that stuff, and. So I'm really grateful that they did what they did and, you know, and, and I, I'm a master manipulator, right? Like <laughs> I try to manipulate it. out of everything. Yeah. And so I, of course, you know, I'm, I'm nursing, you can't take her, you know, right. they're like, well, that, that's fine. She can have other milk, you know? Yeah. And so I am just glad that it happened because it, I feel like everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And this has really been a good opportunity for me, a learning opportunity for me, um, and I'm just grateful. Well, I think you've blessed a lot of lives. I think you've made a huge difference. Um, the first panel that I went to as a foster parent, I told Kara the thing that was that made it for me was you, oh, was really? having your perspective yeah. up there on the panel, and Thank it was you. so powerful to hear your story for the first time. I haven't heard it to the extent you just told it today, but just to have that perspective, I know there were people in that room that became foster parents because of the way that you made everybody feel. So not only did you rescue these four lives and your own, I know that you have, your story has gone on to rescue other lives and touch other people. It's touched mine. I know it's touched Kara's. 
So that gives me the chills. (laughs) Congratulate. You're doing an amazing, amazing job with your life. And And that's what I hope for, you know, like I do, like, that's what I'm like. I just, I just want to help people. I, I love to talk about this subject because it's so real and I feel like I did the right thing. It's so helpful. You did the right thing. You did. And it's just really cool um, to me because I think in some of those positions you were in where you say you were in the rock bottom, some people think there's no way they could ever turn their life around from that. Most people probably. And just one person, even in the whole world, that was able to, you know, it's like that's enough to make someone believe that they could too. True. So that's really cool. That's what they kind of say like in AA and NA is, you know, to share your story because people can see that it is possible. Yeah. It is possible to get sober. It is possible to be happy, you know, and people ask me all the time, well, it doesn't bother you, you know, that the the foster or the adoptive parents don't want you in the life of the the kids. and some people get offended by that almost. And I'm like, you know what? Like, it's not my place. Well, They're... and the fact that you're so selfless about all of this is just so cool. Because <laughs> so few people can be, yeah. you know? And the fact that you just are willing to do whatever will make them happy, that's hard. Because yeah. those feelings you have are so strong. Yeah. It's hard, I'm sure. Especially but like when she wanted gift. to meet me, you yeah. know, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it caught me off guard and I wasn't ready because I thought, well, 18, you, you know, were planning and, on a couple of years. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, well, oh, okay. And so, you know, it was cool. It was really cool. And of course, you know, right after that feeling does come like, well, she doesn't want to keep seeing me, yeah. you know, but I, I literally, I have to give it up. I have to place that in somebody else's hands mm-hmm. it's not my decision it is for the girls that's the most important thing you know they're so lucky thank they're you so lucky they to have a <laughs> oh thank you thank you as a adoptive parent I feel like like you said just how you feel like everything is where it needs to be and I feel so much like my kids belong with me but at the same time, I felt so much gratitude, especially having had a baby. Before I had babies, I just thought, oh, yeah, you give them up for adoption or you keep them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't ever really sink in what a huge, huge selfless sacrifice that is and how I, I couldn't be more grateful. So. And it's, you know, the same on our side. You know, I at least am grateful that there's a family out there that is able to take care of the girls that wants to take care of them you know because they've had some struggles with some other kids they've had some struggles with mine mm-hmm. and I sometimes like inside I'm like I feel so bad I feel bad you know because <laughs> I'm like I'm not taking care of I'm not helping and it's all on you you know but they just they love them and they want to take care of them mm-hmm. and they want to help them and you know if they need my help i'm i would be willing to but you know they're they're just so willing to do it that i'm grateful that people like you guys are out there i love hearing that too you know because there's definitely both sides you know (laughs) thank you yeah it is nice to hear both sides so in closing is there any final message that you would like to give before we sign off 
I do just want to say, you know, that there is hope. Definitely. Definitely there's hope out there. If you can just, you know, especially for, you know, addiction, you know, you can talk to somebody. It's possible. There's hope to be okay with a situation like this and to just love each other and help each other. Um, I think that that's the most important thing. And the children are the most important thing. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming. That was fantastic talking to you. Great. So go to the website, loveisneverwasted.org. Watch the film, Instagram, Love Never Wasted. And comment and what Give else? Us a good what else? Review. Yeah, or, good review. Or review. You can be honest. <laughs> Any review. Or good, really. Yeah. <laughs> the guests are amazing. Yes. The hosts are. are less so. Whatever. <laughs> That's not even true. They're amazing. Thanks for listening. Thanks, you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you.